Welcome to Championship Week on Football on the 40. The Longhorns left no doubt that they were the best regular season conference team with a 57-7 drumming of Texas Tech last week. But quickly, all eyes have shifted to Arlington, where Texas will face Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game this weekend. We've got a complete preview of that matchup in store shortly. There are clearly high stakes with this game, but even with a win, the question will remain. Can Texas make their first ever college football playoff? We'll get to that in a bit, but it's now safe to say win or lose, Texas will at least play in a New Year's Six Bowl game this year. I'm joined, I'm Jake Robinson, joined by Andrew Harris, Bowen Kai, and Kevin Mathis. Our show is produced by Hamilton Lizer. Uh, let's talk Thanksgiving and tech very briefly, but I've got to ask Kevin, I'll start with you. How pumped are you to be hosting a championship episode of Football on the 40? So excited. So excited. We've been optimistic all season and it's amazing that we've gotten through the last four or five weeks without a heartbreak you know no surprises in November the team appears to be improving you know right at the clutch time of the season so it's really cool to see this Sark era kind of come to fruition and and it's pretty amazing to hear the stories about individual players and what they've achieved this season and how they're just kind of playing collectively and enjoying enjoying the season together so I'm I'm so excited to get into this one with you guys. I'll start with my weekend recap. I watched football for four days straight, basically. Um, a lot of great games. Um, it's kind of a tease. A lot of close games with teams that we needed to lose. Washington and Florida State had close ones. Alabama had a close one. But we really didn't see the shift in in uh, rankings that I think we wanted. Well, I know we'll get into that later, but yeah, mostly, mostly turkey and football for me, and I expect more of the same out of you guys. Um, Jake, what did you do? Yeah, I had lots of Thanksgivings. Um, we did both sides of the family. So spent, I think we calculated, spent a total of about 16 or 17 hours on the road um, between Wednesday and Sunday. But we had a good time. Lots of Thanksgivings, four, four Thanksgivings to be specific um, with family and lots of football and had, had a blast doing it. And then, um, yeah, listened, got to, got to listen and watch the tech game on the road. So was watching it on YouTube TV. And then I would drive a little bit and listen to Craig way. And that's cool to do. I know bone did that a couple of weeks ago, but switching back and forth was fun. What about you, Andy? Had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I was in Houston, celebrated it with Mary Page's side of the family. Um, uh, I do have to start this part of the pod um, with a, an, an apology to my mom. Uh, she was not happy that I did not call her out for her uh, her cooking, especially her Thanksgiving cooking. And so I got into a little bit of trouble last week. Uh, but in all seriousness, she is a really good cook. She does make a very good, uh, you name it, a lot of great Thanksgiving dishes. But her pumpkin bread with cream cheese filling is really the inspiration uh, for my selection last week. So just kind of got to apologize there. Um, but yeah, went to the game as well with Mary Page. First time at DKR this season. And we'll talk about that in a second. But it was a really, really fun experience. But Bo, I don't want to hear about your Thanksgiving. Yeah, had a great Thanksgiving too. Um, we spent it down in Port A. Uh, with my family and Emily's mom and Emily, of course. And um, yeah, it was a ton of fun. Had a great time there. Um, and then we did a bit, we did a lot of driving too. We ended up going from Port A back to Austin. 
And then my dad had Texans tickets. So me and Michael drove from Austin to Houston right when we got back on Saturday and then drove right back to Austin after the game on Sunday. So lots of driving, but yeah, had a phenomenal weekend and heartbreaking loss by the Texans, but you know, still great memories with the fam and first Texans game. So I can't complain. It was, it was was a great time. That almost 58 yard field goal was crazy. Yeah. The doink after all that was, uh, was so close. It's pretty devastating. Was that on your side of the field or the opposite side? It was on my side of the field. (laughs) It looked good. I was like, (laughs) it was good. It was right down the middle. Yeah. I'm, I know this isn't a Texans podcast, but yeah, it it looks so true. And then it just doinked off and I was, in disbelief, but yeah, it is what it is. Well, Man. What what were y'all's impressions from the game? Obviously, it's senior night, big performance. A lot of players really shined. Looked like the the fan experience was pretty awesome with the lights. I think that's the second time this season that we've seen the new lights. Um, Andrew, you were there, weren't you? I was there. Yeah, um, it was a ton of fun. And typically, uh, I don't know how many Thanksgiving games I've been to uh, post um, the breakup with Texas A&M, but I've gone to a good amount, and they've just usually have not been that enjoyable. They've usually been pretty dull games, to be honest, from like a fan perspective. But I was talking with my brother, actually, about just the experience of it all. Um, obviously, the outcome played a big part of this, but he said that it was a top 10 DKR game for him that he's ever been to. And, you know, I probably agree with him. I, it was just such a fun game. The experience, it was my first time going to DKR this year. Uh, and first time seeing it at night, obviously. So it was just so much fun seeing all the like light show. The drones was, the drones were crazy. Um, I still, it still blows my mind how we can do that as a society, but, um, but yeah, neither here nor there, but it was just really fun. It was an awesome experience and obviously killing tech by 50 was amazing. I can't imagine being in their shoes after all the trash talk they had this off season. Now looking at their season going six and six and losing to your biggest rival by 50 and not knowing when you would ever play them again. So it was, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. But what did y'all think watching it from TV? I, I loved – oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. I was, I was just going to say, like, it kind of brought my fall full circle thinking about this season from the perspective of a Tech fan. Uh, Labor Day weekend, I watched Tech lose to Wyoming with a Tech fan who had $400 on the game. So he was disappointed in his bet. <laughs> And in this tech team that was so hyped coming into the season, but just gratifying, so gratifying with with where we are. And and I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but Arch coming in the game and just collectively like freaking out about his four passes and and the scrambling he was doing was it was so fun. It was like icing on the cake of a an already great performance to be able to watch that and finally see him on the field and in, you know not trash time and see him perform was so cool for sure that was the loudest ovation i think i ever heard for a specific player um at dkr it made me wonder how quinn felt about that with questions (laughs) around whether he's going to come back or not but 
there there will be time to talk about that later on <laughs> i do yeah. want to ask y'all i do want to ask y'all you know aflac trivia question here um we are not sponsored by Aflac, but Aflac, if you would like us to sponsor you, um, DM us, please. So how many times has Texas won 11 regular season games in the 28-year Big 12 era? So in 28 seasons, how many times has Texas won 11 or more regular oh, season games? More. I'm going to guess. I'll say, I'll say four. I'll say six. Well, Kevin is exactly right. It has only happened four times. So, and are you saying pretty... this season too? Or yeah, including this year. Oh four, oh five, oh eight, oh nine, point twenty three. That's five. Mm, I think you're wrong, but I can verify if you if Bowen wants to give his repeat. I will tell you exactly what. <laughs> Actually, I have it right here. Twenty twenty three, um, two thousand nine, two thousand. Eight, two thousand five. What about two thousand four? We did not. It was we were eleven and one overall, so we won the Rose Bowl. So we only it it was must have been um only ten games conference games. Oh, okay. Oh, technicality. Andy, <laughs> Andy was Andy was calibrated on the losses. No, because I looked at it because we went eleven and one overall and uh, won the Rose Bowl. So we're calling. I'm I'm calling that a I'm calling that a dub. I'm calling that a dub for you, Andy. <laughs> Thanks, technicality bro. um yeah i mean for me like i know i've been on this like burt auburn like um bandwagon fandom but i saw an instagram post that uh really kind of solidified things for me i hadn't I, I didn't know about these all these um i guess records that he broke but um i'll just kind of rattle them off so he's made 28 field goals this season which is a ut record He's also made 19 consecutive field goals, which is a UT and Big 12 record. He scored um, 21 points, uh, you know, in the game, and it, that that was a UT record for a kicker. And he also had five field goals, uh, which ties a UT record. So he's just been on a tear. I mean, to Kevin's point, like we're kind of getting hot at the right time, and he's just been super consistent. You know, he he keeps us, um, you know, not necessarily in the games. Uh, this past week, but like just ahead, just enough for us to get going, for us to figure things out, and really that that consistency is um, along with our defense, and of, of course, but uh, definitely want to you know give him his flowers. He's been so 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 good for us, and um, yeah, seeing those seeing those stats today really uh helped uh helped seal that for me for sure. Yeah, one one other thing I wanted to talk about was just the performance out of the running back room. It was obvious on the field, you know, we had an entire drive where we went like 80 yards with all backups and scored, but to have Trey Wisner, who, if you're being honest, nobody knew who that guy was before uh, we played tech. But again, thinking back to the off season we had last year, losing Bijan, losing Roshan to end the season with like our fourth and fifth running backs on the depth chart, having performances like that is just amazing. It's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Sark has had a thousand yard rusher every single year that he's been head coach. So I, I don't see that stopping going into next year. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot uh, to look forward to this weekend. We will continue to watch every 
consequential game because we need some teams to lose in dramatic fashion or just lose potentially to get into the college football playoff for the first time. Um, Our rotational segment for the week is called Dear CFP Committee. So the conversation starter is essentially, if you're in the room with the CFP Committee this week, what is your message advocating for the Longhorns? Andrew, I'll let you go first. Well, if I was looking at the CFP, like an episode of Shark Tank, I would just say this. Committee, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. As we look at our assumed-to-be Big 12 champ, Texas Longhorns, we had the best victory on the year. We had the best resume on the year. You know what? We're going to win a natty. So that's my that's my pitch. <laughs> it's a terrible pitch. Wow. I, I should have honestly prepared for this a little bit more. But in, in all seriousness, I I really do think as long as there's not a as long as the top four teams are not all undefeated, I really do think Texas is taking bias away. I really do think we have the best resume, um, given that we did beat Alabama. Now, if we didn't beat Alabama or say Georgia would have lost in this scenario. Um, I don't, I would not say we had the best resume, but since we did be Alabama, I, it's hard for me to like fathom another team being, having a better resume than this, just based on the data presented. Yeah. Jake, I know you've got plenty to say here. What, what would your elevator speech be for the horns or say they're, you know, considering well, ranking Ohio State before us after what happened last weekend. Like, what what are you saying? Well, I'll start with just echoing what Andy said. If Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington all win, we really should not be in the playoff. I mean, winning games matter. And if you have four undefeated conference champions, that OU loss should eliminate us. So I'll start with saying that. But let's assume now that at least one of those teams lose and we're in a head-to-head who would be in scenario between two other one-loss programs. And this is where I say, dear CFP committee, you set the criteria when you established this committee a long time ago. And specifically, the criteria is based on on, and this is, I'm quoting everything here, based on on on-field performance using four metrics, conference championships one, strength of schedule, head-to-head results, and comparison of results against other common opponents to decide teams that are comparable. That's exactly the four criteria they set. I'm going to walk you through the potential scenarios where Texas is against one other one-loss opponent and tell you why your criteria says Texas should be in. Texas versus Georgia. Let's assume Georgia beats Alabama. Or, sorry, let's assume Alabama beats Georgia, right? And it's Texas versus Georgia in this in this scenario. Texas will be conference champs. Georgia will not. Common opponent, we beat Alabama. They did not. Georgia should be eliminated. Next, Texas versus Alabama, head-to-head. Nothing else matters because you both have conference championships. You both, nothing else applies. You have the same strength of schedule just about. Texas versus Oregon. Texas's strength of schedule, 13th in the country. Oregon, 62nd. And they have a common opponent in tech, 38 to 30 versus 55 to 7, or 57 to 7. Let's move on. Texas versus Ohio State. They're not conference champs. Texas versus Michigan. They would not be conference champs, and their strength of schedule is down at the bottom if they were to lose. So all of that to say, their own metrics say that Texas should be the best one-loss team. Am I right? Am I wrong? What do y'all think? 
I think you're right. I hope that they stick to that. And and I kind of started with this with the question I asked. I'm worried that the committee will not drop Ohio State behind us when the rankings come out. And they'll, they'll be out by the time the podcast does. Um, but I have some concern that Ohio State's not going to drop to eight or nine after only losing to Michigan by six points on the road. I think you're right, but I think we'll jump them if we win the championship game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the I think the worst case scenario is actually Alabama beats Georgia, based off what I'm saying. Because Alabama's in and a lot of people think Georgia's in too. Yeah. yeah. How about I or Bone, go ahead. What's your message to the CFP? Oh, well, I was just gonna say, you know, if it was the three of us, like Jake, Andy, and I walking into the committee room, Andy and Jake hit him with the facts, the metrics, the data, the methodology. I'd probably just close it out with saying like just think of the vibes, you know, just like, just think of the vibes, like Texas blue blood back in the playoff. Probably just close it out with that, you know, just, just, sure. just feel it. Right. So yeah. um, Georgia I, I think like Texas. we've already given all the numbers. So um, yeah, I don't know. We just gotta, I mean, we just gotta win. At this point, I don't think, I really don't think anybody, if they're honest, really wants Florida state to make the playoff. Uh, with Jordan Travis. Now, if Travis was healthy, that'd be different. But with him injured, I just don't see them beating any other CFP team. And I don't think anyone else expects that either. So I, I really do think the college football world really is hoping that Louisville does beat Florida State uh, this weekend. Yeah. I would also say there's a there's oftentimes this debate that always you if you watch any sports talk shows in the next week that are talking about the playoff committee they're going to talk about most deserving versus the best and everyone's going to say texas is most deserving but we're not the best they don't pass the eye test but it's so subjective and also how can you look at oregon or washington honestly look at them and just say or washington's undefeated but look at oregon or alabama or ohio state for that matter and just say oh they are that much better you just i just don't see that you can do it like have you seen our defense play in the last month have you i mean teams peaking at the right time you know it's just crazy yeah. but i i would also i just want to point this out too because i don't know that I've, i haven't heard anyone mention this crystal conti was supposed to be a member of the college football playoff committee this year and he stepped down when we announced we were leaving the sec or leaving the big 12 for the sec because uh, he would have been the Big 12 representative. I'm I'm just kind of curious. Kansas State's athletic director is the new Big 12 rep. I wonder if he's talking up Texas right now or if he's pissed and talking down Texas. Just curious. Good point. If CDC, I guess he would have had to recuse himself, right? He would have, but there wouldn't have been a Big 12 rep potentially talking down on you. I don't know that that's happening, of course, but I'm just saying. it's Right. I think if I... I, I might be wrong on this, but I think this is the first time this weekend. It's like the only time the CFP committee watches all the games together. So I do think that does have an impact as they are watching. the. They're going to spend the whole weekend together. And I don't know. I, I think opinions can be influenced, I guess. That's super interesting. It'll take the group think that Jake talked about to a whole nother level. That's oh, that's yeah. going to be. That's going to be a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mentioned the group think before we started, but I was what I was saying is it's just this belief that Oregon 
is just far and above better than Texas because they have been ranked above Texas all these weeks. And it's just, but, but why? I mean, they, they lost, I mean, they, they only have one ranked win and it's to number 24 Oregon state last week. It's like, why? It's the, it's the blowouts. It's the blowouts. Maybe that was their strategy knowing that their strength of schedule was weak. Like we're going to score 70 points as many times as we can. Cause we're working with a committee of human beings. That's going to be influenced by stuff like that. But since this is the Dear CFP Committee segment, I will say the committee has said margin of victory does not matter and the criteria of these four <laughs> things do. They have said that before. Yeah. But they're well, humans. The games this weekend are going to be must-watch must TV. The CFP announcement the following Tuesday is going to be must-watch TV. A blowout. Sunday. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. A blowout versus OSU only helps and that's what we're going to be breaking down next is the upcoming game after this ad break stick with us this football on the 40 episode is brought to you by hospitology hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow longhorn blake madden it covers interesting not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why amazon bought one medical and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we are back to preview the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State. It will be an 11 a.m. kickoff at Jerry World, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Um, We've been on ABC a lot lately. We will be on ABC one more time at least this year. And uh, the weather, well, nobody cares because the game is indoors. So, I I heard at halftime it might be a little hot, though. Might be a little hot in there, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Why is that? Uh, So, for y'all that don't know, Nelly is performing at halftime of the Big 12 championship. <laughs> I can't say with a straight face, but I'm I'm excited. We're all gonna be there. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun, but it's just it's just hilarious that he's performing at halftime. Maybe he'll be as good as Jack Harlow. We can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope. Oh well. Um yeah, I guess we gotta compare and contrast to Dolly Parton. You know, the last two concerts in AT&T Stadium. Yikes. <laughs> oh, well. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> Jake's like, please move on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's just recap the press conferences real quick. Uh, Saturday, obviously, Sark was very excited. And um, I don't know if y'all caught this, but... In a like the mo- in a very like polite way, Sark basically told the media that your your mark, um, he was basically was a turd for kind of saying what he said before the season and how it motivated the team. And it was awesome being in the stadium, seeing that video being played at the end of the game. Um, the crowd went crazy after that happened, but I don't know. Um I, I mean are y'all still surprised that your mark said that like at the beginning of the year or does it like, does it make sense to y'all? I can understand it because he needs to build rapport with the teams that he's going to be 
you know, working with in the future after this transition happens, but it was, it was a pretty low blow for a program that's been bankrolling all these other tiny insignificant schools for the last 20, whatever years. And we should be glad that he did it because for the last two weeks, we've had big time bulletin board material. So I think it helped us. Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, the players used it as motivation uh, this past week, and y'all saw the result. Uh, we went, we won the game by 50 points. So thank you. Thank you, Kamish, for doing that. And like Kev said, and I definitely think um, it added fuel to the fire. But let's just look at the press conference from today real quick. Um, Watts and Austin Jordan are going to be questionable for this game coming up. But good news is Malik Murphy didn't get seriously injured by the freak play out of bounds, and Worthy is going to play as well, even though uh, he came back into the game on Saturday or on Friday. But, uh, yeah, uh, Sark, he is definitely excited to play Oklahoma State. Um, it's interesting, Oklahoma State taking out Cincinnati and UCF because obviously we haven't played them. Uh, Oklahoma State's the only team Sark has not been since being the head coach of Texas. So I think there's definitely a revenge factor involved um, in the revenge tour that we've kind of been talking about all year. This is kind of the last leg that we get to do. And we had a debate between us about who we should play on Saturday, um, whether it should be Oklahoma State or OU. I, I still think you can have a good, healthy debate about it, but I am excited to play Oklahoma State. And hopefully we can put the nail on the coffin with them and beat all the teams that are going to be left in the Big 12. Um, that would be just a really satisfying feeling. Yeah. I I wanted to call out one thing about Sark's press conference. I think he's, he's in these last few weeks, been um, speaking a little bit differently with the team having proved their, you know, their prowess on the field. Obviously it's a great season and he's kind of, transitioning a little bit into that you know texas football coach statesman that role that mac brown used to play he spent a few minutes in this press conference wishing luck to texas high school football teams as they started and progressed through their postseason um and had some nice comments about you know we'll be we'll be watching good luck stay healthy um but it, it was like a nod to recruiting and developing relationships in texas that i i thought was cool um but he said a lot about what he's spoken of, you know, for the past few months about how he loves this team. He's enjoyed the season and the bond that the players share. Um, Andrew, what do you think about that? You know, he's, he's repeated himself a little bit on that topic, but um, what, what'd you notice there from Sark? I mean, it's just, yeah, he's been talking about it a lot and how he's, he feels more connected to this team than ever before. And he, at one point he directly said, I've enjoyed this season. I'll say that, which, you know, as time goes on and it might be harder, harder and harder to say that just with the pressures of the Texas job, but I'm glad he's enjoying this time. Um, you can see the impact of like being connected with one another has made on the season. And yeah, I, I think, you know, that's not the reason, the primary reason why we are doing so well. Um, obviously there's a lot of factors involved, but it, it definitely has made a difference this season. And I don't know, it just makes you happy as a Texas fan seeing the, the team just being one unit. And obviously 
you're a lot stronger when you're one versus many pieces that we've uh, seen, unfortunately, in the last decade or so. Yeah. So bridging the gap to an OSU preview and breakdown, um, I watched a little bit this evening of um, the Mike Gundy press conference from today. And you mentioned like Sark hasn't beaten him yet. There's a little bit of, you know, rivalry between them. Sark needs to get on, you know, on the winning side of, of this series with OSU. Mike Gundy was actually being complimentary of Texas when he was speaking to the press today. And while he was doing that and starting his complimentary comments, a dog started barking in the background of the OSU press conference. And it, it kind of sounded like a yappy dog. It must've been loud because you could hear it clearly on YouTube. And Mike Gundy paused and said, he kind of turned and said, that must be Sarkeesian over there. <laughs> so <laughs> he's a major character. We've talked and complimented him a lot on this uh, platform that we have. And we'll get into that a little bit here. But I think um, looking at OSU season as a whole, it's been very impressive, um, giving a lot of props to Gundy and the coaching job that he's done. Because the the headline about OSU going into Big 12 Media Days was how many players OSU had lost to the transfer portal. They lost eight starters to the transfer portal, including quarterback Spencer Sanders, who went to Ole Miss, and 18 total players. So they had a really big exodus of talent um, that was projected to really hurt their their hopes this season. They did gain back 14 players in the portal, but ultimately they lost they lost players, um, which is pretty unusual for you know a bigger program with with some history. Um, they're nine and three overall and seven and two in the big 12 with losses to Iowa state and UCF had a, a little bit of a topsy turvy season, but notably, um, they beat Kansas state, Kansas and Oklahoma. So it's a team that hasn't consistently performed, but one that is very strong running the ball and clearly competitive with, um, their pretty big comeback against BYU and overtime win. Uh, on Saturday, just as as a whole, Andrew, um, what do you, what do you think about the season and resume that OSU has? Yeah, I mean they definitely came back and rectified the season um, because losing to South Alabama, I mean they they didn't just lose to them; they got killed by them at home. And uh, you know there was talk at the be- at that time of the year that the players were going to quit on the team. Um, just not a lot of optimism within that program. But like you said, they've had huge wins over Kansas State, over Kansas, over OU. Um, they're definitely a solid football team. And we'll break them down in just a second a little bit more in more detail. But, yeah, they, they're they a solid team. They definitely are a team that they, they won't give up. Um, as we've seen in the Houston game, they were down, I think, like, 19 to six or like 22 to not something like that. They were down by multiple scores at the end of the first half and they came back to win that one. And BYU, they were down 24 to six uh, this past weekend and they came back to win in double overtime. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you got to give kudos to them and Mike Gundy. He's a really good coach for a reason. And um, yeah, he, he's doing a great job this year and looking forward to playing them one more, one more time. Yeah, just really quick, giving kudos to the man himself, Gundy. Um, He's the longest tenured coach in the Big 12 in his 19th season. Matt Campbell at Iowa State is the 
second longest tenured coach in the Big 12, and he's in his seventh year. Uh, during the Mac Brown era, Mike Gundy was five and three versus Texas. I have some memories as a kid of being really disappointed around Halloween when they would beat us. Um, he's famously turned down the Tennessee head coaching job three times and um, wore proudly a mullet for a few seasons. Um, he cut it off and said that he estimated that his mullet raised the market value of Oklahoma State by millions, which is probably a true statement, but major character, uh, very comfortable where he is, very influential on this OSU campus and someone that I have a lot of respect for offensively just because of, you know, the tenure that he has and the performances that he's had against us in big games. Um, so getting into OU and the players that they have, they're led on, on offense by a familiar face for us uh, in Alan Bowman, who started his career at Texas Tech, transferred to Michigan and transferred back into the Big 12 to OSU. He's having a, a so-so season. He's thrown 10 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He's just under 60% completion percentage-wise. But I think the scary part of Bowman is his experience. Um, and he's one of these transfers um, in the OSU program that's kind of bolstering their talent and helping them perform with the major exodus that they've had recently. Um, on offense, the strength of their offense, similar to what we just faced against Texas Tech, is they're a great running team. They're led by running back Ollie Gordon II, who's averaging six, almost six and a half yards a carry and is already at 1,500 yards on the season with 20 rushing touchdowns, which is a really impressive number. He has one, uh, one receiving touchdown, so 21. And I, I think I counted this early earlier. OSU has around 40 touchdowns on the season, so Ollie Gordon is half of their touchdowns. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. After what we did to Texas Tech with a really good rushing team, you know, where's your head at? Obviously, Mike Gundy is going to find creative ways to run the football, but it's kind of strength versus strength again there with our defensive line. Yeah, I, I, you know, Tosh Brooks, he got his, I mean, I think, what was the total yards that he got, like 95, something like that. So, like, he had a decent game. Um, he did a great job. But, um, I mean, he didn't dominate the game. And if Oklahoma State is going to go try to rush the ball 20, 25 times with Ollie Gordon, kind of what they've been doing all year, I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success. Um Maybe they have to throw to open up the the running game, but yeah, I even though Ollie Gordon's really great, and I I still think he's going to have a decent game. I just don't think trying to go with the traditional running attack is going to work on Texas. No team has done that this year, and they know that they do have some options receiving that we will see their leader in receptions and yards receiving this season. His name is Brennan Presley. He's a relatively short wide receiver at 5'8", but I assume he's like wicked fast. He's got 76 receptions and five touchdowns on the season. Um, they've also got some taller wide receivers in Rashad Owens, who's 6'2", Leon Johnson, who's a, a transfer, he's 6'5", and Jaden Bray, who's also 6'2", that kind of make up that top four receivers for OSU. So um, no surprise there. They have options on the outside to throw the ball and a seasoned, very experienced quarterback who's not going to be nervous 
on um, Saturday morning either. So I think we'll see more of a mix from them. But again, our defense is pretty impressive. So it might be fun to watch us against OSU, similar to what we saw versus Tech. Yeah, I mean, if we can make them into try to force the ball down the field with their passing attack, I think that really favors Texas a lot. And personally, I, I'm expecting kind of I'm not thinking we're going to win by 50 by any means, but I do think it's going to be kind of a similar result to the Tech game. I I, I just don't see Oklahoma State being able to run the ball uh, effective, effectively against Texas. Yeah. Defensively, um, I wouldn't call their defense a weakness, but it doesn't really jump off paper. Um, I did a little bit of a comparison between their defensive stats and ours. Um, total defense, they rank outside of the top 100 at 112 we ranked 27th their rushing defense not so great ranked at 102 we rank fourth there um i looked at their third down conversion percentage that's a stat that i I like to look at these days because the horns are number one in third down defensive conversion percentage osu is 79 so i think they're moderate or average on the defensive side of the ball Um, they do have some uh, splash plays with 24 sacks and 21 turnovers. So um, not something to, you know, skim over or avoid in this breakdown, but also, you know, not necessarily the strength of the team. I think OSU is a, a rushing offense with, you know, a so-so very seasoned quarterback that's probably going to be pretty unpredictable on Saturday. But overall, I think there's a reason that um, we're seeing the kind of opening line that we did in this game. Um, We'll get into that here in a little bit with betting corner, but I think all of us are going to be pretty optimistic about this one and very excited to watch it in some great seats in Jerry world on Saturday. Bowen. I want to walk real quick. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to say one thing about their defense. Um, They're actually really bad overall. I mean, when you say they're outside the top hundred, there's only 130 teams in college football so when you're ranking at 112 and you're in your conference championship game you better make up for that with your offense because i did the they they allow an average of 6.3 yards per play um which is a lot so i agree with you it's not their strong suit but i want to be a little little more uh a little more direct and say your defense sucks oklahoma state yeah, <laughs> I think I'm trying to temper expectations a little bit, which is a tendency of mine. So thanks nah, for nah, calling nah, that nah. out. But... No, no, temp- no temporary, no tempering anything this week. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting into bets and predictions. Um, betting corner has been a highlight this season. I'm selfishly looking forward to it coming to an end, and you're about to hear why. Um, Bowen, give us a reminder of why you should be careful about wagering your hard-earned money. <laughs> thanks kevin yeah thanks for the thanks for that preview for sure um so yeah this is this will be not our last betting corner segment but we're we're nearing the nearing the home stretch here um jake still has a pretty comfortable lead a very comfortable lead i should say in first place andy which we talked about last week made a great play on on texas men's basketball he's over the texas football so he's 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 you know uh jetted up to second place I'm still in third, and Kevin did take a break from betting corner last week, which I do want to get into. Um, Kevin, floor's yours. Um, 
just kind of talk us through how the week off was. How is that affecting your mentality going into championship week? Um, yeah, what was it like not having the weight of uh, open, open, you know, open bets out there um, while you were watching football this past week? It was it was good to recuperate and get healthy. Um, I think something I need to remind myself of is the football teams get a bye week. You know, they get a chance to watch film, do some self-study and improve and get healthy midseason. I probably should have done this in October, um, but feeling good about it. I've changed strategies again. I'm transitioning from bet big and care less to a more moderated approach that we'll see here in a bit. Um, but I'm I'm really just doing this for um, for pride. I can't continue to lose money at the clip that I have and, um, you know, really hoping to kind of shift it and get back in the negative 30 range. I like it. I like it. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta put some presents under the tree, huh? We gotta, we gotta make sure we can, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's already going to be a light, a light Christmas for hate. <laughs> the betting right now will help maybe Christmas 2024. <laughs> I love it. All right. So yeah, we've we've talked about the the Big 12 matchup this um Big 12 championship game matchup this this weekend. Uh we opened as 13 and a half point favorites. So yeah, Vegas really likes us this game. They are expecting us. So for the, you know, listeners out there, 13 and a half points is almost two touchdowns that Vegas is expecting us to win by. So that's pretty significant. Um the total is 54 and a half. Nothing to really um you know, highlight there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of the most, I guess, lopsided um, conference championship matchups that uh, I think are out there. I mean, Iowa and Michigan are definitely a, that's definitely a bigger one, but um, going into this game, are you guys liking anything on, on this bet? I mean, obviously we're going to be super excited and nervous. Are y'all willing to put some more money? Jake, we'll start with you. Are you liking anything this game? Yes. That line is not nearly big enough. I I think we're going to win by more than three scores. And uh, I'm putting four big old units on Texas to cover that 13 and a half. I will, I will, uh, I will leave it at that, but you'll, you'll get a vibe on my bets here in a minute. So I'll just leave it at that for now. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, Andy, I don't, I don't think I saw any from you. Kev, do you have any, I can't remember off the top of my head. I didn't originally, but I also feel very confident about this one, like Jake, um, which well, tell me, you guys tell me with my betting record, should I take a pass on this one just to not <laughs> muddy the waters and, you know, what's going to happen? Because I seem to have an influence on the future with these picks. So maybe I'll sit this one out. I'll sit yeah, this one maybe out. sit it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cow- Cowboy- Cowboys <laughs> money line would be the 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 boss level emotional hedge. <laughs> you can get over four to one on your on your investment there no no I, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sit this one up <laughs> yeah that, that that sounds good i'm I'm also following suit, suit in that i'm 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 not putting anything on this this matchup i'm gonna be nervous enough so i don't need i don't need buckaroos riding on this as well so we'll go we'll go elsewhere around um the slate of championship games that we have uh andy we'll start with you um I feel I feel like you have a pretty big uh pretty big bet to follow up last week's bet with. Do you want to share with the listeners? Yeah. So right now I'm in second place by a wide margin, as Jake likes to point out. And you know, I'm not here to 
coming second. I'm here to win. And so the only way I can do that is to be bold. And I was bold last week. I'm bold again this week. Everyone keeps saying that Oregon's definitely going to win the Pac-12 championship. There's no chance for Washington. Yet Washington has been Oregon the last two times they've played. I, you know, I think there's a, a good argument for Oregon to win this game. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. And I think Washington is an underrated team. And I do think they kind of play up to the level of their talent and down to the level of their talent. Um, I think this is going to be a close game regardless. I am going to take the Washington money line and give me 10 units on the Washington it. money line. Wow. Which is what, like, what? yeah, it's a lot. That's I think it's plus 275, right? You got it at plus 285. So Ooh. almost almost three to one. So if that hits, I would be very close to Jake. If that hit, yeah. If if that hits, you'll be that's twenty eight units. Yeah, yeah. Twenty eight point five be... units. You'd be ahead. It's, of a, me it's a very risky a bet. And if y'all are listening, I probably would not recommend taking that bet. But <laughs> I, I'm playing a game. But of the long shot bets, I don't hate that one. So that scares me a little bit. Gotta go. Gotta go for the victory. <laughs> I, I will remind y'all. Last year, I was in last place all season, and I had a four leg parlay. Is the only reason that I ended up winning <laughs> last year. So one of these could hit. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I was, I was nice and uh, feeling nice and cozy in first place last year, and uh, Jake, Jake shot up. Um, I hit it. So, it yeah, was conference we'll championship week too. Yeah, it'll be interesting we'll get to get a repeat. If Jake, if you stay aggressive, or if you play not to lose are you gonna play yeah. not to lose or to win oh, i think i think I, I think we'll hear jake do you want to share yeah what you're liking yeah, this yeah. week i i'm so far ahead of y'all I'm, i kind of want to rethink my strategy now that i'm a little concerned about andy but i'm not i'm gonna stick with it i'm going the full emotional better route this week because why not and uh, i'm gonna bet on what i want to happen because you know i can and so in addition to texas winning i've got three units on the Louisville plus two and a half against Florida state. Cause that's the next most important game of the day for us. After that, I've got two units on the Georgia cover six and a half points against Alabama. Cause that's the next most important game for us. <laughs> and then I went ahead and just threw this one out there for fun. I put one unit on the Iowa money line, which is 10 to one odds, because if that happens, that would also be very good for Texas. If someone gives you 10 to 1 odds, you always take it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Especially when it's a conference championship game. Gosh, that would be amazing if Iowa won. Oh, their defense is, not their defense is really good, though. I was watching a lot of the, the Iowa-Nebraska game this weekend, and it was very comical because they punted like 14 times in a row or something like that. But Iowa's defense is really, really, really good. I will – I will say in 1996, the first Big 12 championship, Texas was the underdog to Nebraska by three touchdowns, and they ended up winning. So crazier things can happen. I would love it. And uh, the funny thing is, even if Iowa wins the game, uh, their offensive coordinator is automatically fired because he did not average 25 (laughs) points per game. He's gonna maybe go maybe his bang. dad, maybe his dad, the head coach, would change the contract. <laughs> He's gone. Nice. All right. Um, 
Kev, we'll go to you next. You liking anything else uh, around the around the conference games? I am. And as I mentioned before, the whole bet big and care less era is over in the Mathis household. I'm taking money line bets. I've got two units on Georgia money line to beat Bama. Two units, I agree with Jake, on Louisville money line to beat Florida State. And going against Andy here, two units on Oregon money line against Washington. And I'm parlaying each of those with two additional units on the parlay. Nice, nice. Yeah, we're we're taking we're taking a diff a bunch of different uh different cracks at um at these games. I feel like it would be it would take a lot for us all to lose money, given the how the year has gone. It wouldn't really surprise me, but um yeah, from my side, I'm taking all the games too. I'm doing Oregon covering the spread, Alabama covering the spread, Louisville money line, and Iowa covering the spread. And I'm doing two units on all of those, and I'm parlaying them all together too. So I don't know. You don't have to do all that analysis. Listeners, we'll put it on our you know Instagram if you guys want to take a look and you know tail one of us. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to a bunch of really good football this weekend. It should be should be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys all up in up in Dallas this weekend too. So yeah, it's gonna yeah, be awesome. I'll get these bets in. How, how many more weeks of betting corner do we have? Because I'm in prevent mode. <laughs> after this week <laughs> that's a good be... question i mean we'll do our bowl game preview whatever uh-huh. bowl we make maybe and two yeah. maybe if we make the playoff and one. win a game i guess we get an extra week yeah huh? i think i think we would do it's i think it's two to three right because if we you know assuming we make a bowl game and just one we'll do one and then we'll do a you know a recap kind of season and then um if we make the playoff Will be well. There'll be an extra one, so it's two to three, depending on cool. how optimistic you're feeling. Very. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, I'll, I'll get these bets in this week, and um, yeah, let's go make some money. All right, let's do uh, score predictions. Since last week, I was the only one that boldly predict predicted a blowout win against Tech. I will go first with my bold blowout prediction of. Um. I think I'm going to go 52 to 21, Texas. Wow. I'm going to go 40 to 24, Texas. Wow. Feeling good. Uh, I'm going to go with 38 20, Texas. Okay. I'll close this out. I like the number 42 to 14. Wow. Man, four covers again. We predicted that last week. So. We are extremely high on the horns right now. A blowout would go a long way with that committee. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Enjoy the Big 12 championship game. Hopefully our horns will get Big 12 championship and uh, leave the conference with the second most championships of any team during that era. We will not talk about who's in first. But um, but hopefully – the game goes well, and then uh, watch that selection show on Sunday, and let's just uh, cross everything and hope the horns are in that four slot. Please, but, please, 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 please. But thank you all for listening. We will be back for a bowl or college football playoff preview. Uh, but until then, we'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them. 